Welcome back to Dark Nexus. My name is Rob. I'm the Game Master. We've got our four players with us. I'm Katie. I'm Paul. I'm Robert. And I'm Johnny. Tonight, it's Act 1, Chapter 11. So for the first time in almost a month, we are in combat. Oh my god. <laughs> you all know what's happening. We're in the admissions hall to Briarstone Asylum. The change in air pressure in the room thrust the front door open. Yellow fog is Spilling into the chamber, Grip ran across the room to try to close that door, ran into the fog where something lashed out to hit him. I'm gonna make a dice roll and see if it succeeds. Grip, my dear friend. Hello. Doesn't a 12 hit your armor class? <laughs> no! Excellent! So you dodge out of the way of what looks like a fleshy blob about as thick as maybe four or five human legs, and as this blob passes your face, an eyeball opens on it, blinks at you, and then and it sloshes back into the mist. Everybody roll initiative. We are in combat. Do we need to make one of those awesome insanity checks or anything like that? Perhaps when you see what you're actually fighting, oh, no. you might have to. Grip. Nine. Dora. 21. <gasps> I don't want it. Gulliver. 15. Ray. I had an 18, but I am fatigued, so that's a 7. <laughs> oh, buddy. All right. Our combat with the mystery hmm, hmm. flesh tendril begins with Dora. So you saw this blob of flesh come shooting out at Grip, and you have a, a pretty good beat on the height of this thing. Whatever this thing is, it's taller than Grip. Well, that's a unpleasant. Yes. Maybe you could hypnotize it. You can't. It's a minute to hypnotize something. You can't see anything but roiling fog at this moment. What do you do? So there's nothing to target. Correct. Is there a check to be made about what this thing might be? You haven't, you don't have enough information yet. I'm super smart. It's true. There are lots of things with fleshy tendrils. Let me just say that. (laughs) Please don't. In the catalog of fleshy tendril things, this is just one of many. Yep. Well, I'll throw a rock at it. When in doubt, throw a rock. That's what I do. I throw rocks and I miss them. You're going to use your brain to hurl a rock into the space where you believe this tendril to have come be. from. Yeah. Great. I'm going to, just right before you even roll your tech roll, I'm going to check some, where's my, where's my little guy here? It's I'm going to check dice. some, um, hmm, dice. I'm going to check some <laughs> concealment here to see if you missed, purely because you can't see where the thing is that you're targeting. And you do. Chunk of rubble goes flying off into the fog. I don't hitting even care. Not, <laughs> hitting nothing. I don't even care. I didn't even get to roll a die. Did you want to move somewhere? Away. Uh, into that corner where, uh, to the uh, south. Yes. yes that's right. where I want to be. Being about as far away from Grip as you can and still be on this side of the room. Excellent. Ray, you're up. Is Grip going to attack me? I hope so. <laughs> Probably. That's why we've gathered Probably. together, is it not? I mean, you saw what, what he did to that kid with the axe, right? I mean, you're next. I did. I saw it. it is, is Grip covered in fog? Like, fog is just pouring out and covering him? Yes, you can barely see him. Barely see him, but I know he's in there. I'm going to go ahead and draw on the map Ooh. where the fog has extended Ooh, to. Let's see that fog. Well, oh, it's not nice. very much fog. Okay. He is right in the middle of it, though. 20, 25, 30. Okay. (laughs) I'd like to scoot around the fog to come to the other side of Grip. So I'm staying out of the fog as much as possible. That's my move. And then I would like to touch Grip. There's a 20% mischance in the square that he's in because of the fog. Okay. We're going to roll right now and see if you just fail to touch him. What spell is this? Magic weapon. And you're fine. Does that work on people? It works on his... Oh, because you're... I'm considered his weapon, yeah. Fantastic. So your hands and fists are now magical weapons, plus one enhancement bonus to attack rolls and damage rolls. What's going on with the fog? That is, uh, that's considered concealment, correct? Correct. So Ray has moved up close around behind Grip, touched him, made his body a magical weapon. Gulliver, you're up. So when the thing like shot out of the mist, we were able to see it? You just saw the pseudopod, the tendril, the fleshy bit. Now, if something like that were to come out of the fog again, mm-hmm. would we be able to target it? Like, if I read it in action to attack... The fleshy bit? Yes. Like, like the rules of the game don't really allow you to uh, target someone's hand specifically. You have to actually target the creature. So I'm going to say, no, you can't really target a pseudopod as it comes out of the mist. But if you wanted to attack, I could say you could ready in action to attack the creature itself if you see more of it emerge. Cool. In that case, I will move closer to it and put me on the 
other side of that door, so opposite side from Ray. Yep. And I will, I will draw the glowing dagger. Mm-hmm. Excellent. But sort of keep it behind my back and down. So my, where, my, where are you hiding it from? From grip. From grip. Oh right. My 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 goal my goal <laughs> is to basically attack with it and then sleight of hand it back out of the way. So the only time it gets seen is when you're using is it. Is when I'm actually using it. Excellent. Since I move there, can I go ahead and try to attack in the mist where I think it might be? You are right now, so the door that you're standing, it's a double doors that go outside. You're standing right next to a door that is closed and the thing itself is emerging about 10 feet away from you from the door that's open where Grip is at. Okay, well then I will, I will move there and I will ready in action that if I'm able to see the thing there, then I will attack. So your ready to action pays off, my friend, <laughs> as the second door bursts open and you see which is now only five feet away from you, as this amorphous blob, 10 feet wide, about 10, 12 feet tall. It looks like a heap of pustulant flesh. It is covered in sores and hairs, and then then, an eye opens up top, another eye opens up top, like bigger than pies. These holes open up, you've got this like nose sticking out, and then a mouth opens with huge teeth, and you realize you were looking at the melted face of the crying man as this blob says, It's roiling out of the fog. It's going to go after grip. You get a ready to action, but the two of you that can see it clearly, let me check your sanity, because this thing freaks your shit out. Give me a will save. Will save. Plus one for resistance. Oh, that's right. Oh, that natural seven is really sweet. Let's see, plus six, that's going to put me at a 13. That was a well-timed 19 on the die for a 20. Both of you hold firm and take no sanity damage. All right, I'm going to put this figure on the map here to stand in for the giant blob of face flesh that is now squeezing through these two doors to close up on grip. You've got your ready to action, and you lash out with your glowing dagger. Do you want to see whether or not I have even have a chance to hit it before I bother to roll? Oh, I would love to. 20% missed chance. All right, you are fine from concealment. Excellent. Hey, my buddy Grip. Hi. Why don't you make a perception check against a sleight of hand check on Gull's part to see if you see this dagger as it darts out. I rolled a natural one. All right, great. You're very, uh, you're very, very focused on this mound of flesh that's moving towards you. Seventeen total to hit into its fleshy, fleshy self. That is a hit. Dagger slides into this huge mound of flesh. And that's going to be for three points of magical damage. Here's what happens. Your dagger slides into the creature and keeps on going, your hand like up to your wrist and up to your elbow. You can feel that you're tearing stuff on the inside of it, and as you yank the dagger out, you see the wound immediately close up and then bubble, Start like, like the creature starts bubbling around where you stabbed it. More flesh grows, more flesh grows. The creature grows larger from what you just did to it. Oh. Holy. Then, the creature turns its entire face self towards you, Gulliver. Can I make any kind of knowledge check based on what I just saw to understand what just happened? Do not like. You could make a knowledge dungeoneering check if you wished. I shall make a dungeoneering check. I shall. Natural 20. Mm. Uh, Plus 7, no, plus 8, that's a 28, plus 1, so 29. Well, you do know something about this. Ah, what do I know? This quivering pile of tumorous flesh is called a hungry flesh. It is an ooze. It is not subject to critical hits or flanking or precision damage or mind-affecting effects. You know that it regenerates. The only way its regeneration can be overcome is through fire or acid damage. You know that any time it takes piercing or slashing damage, it actually immediately regenerates and gains what is called a growth point. If it gains enough growth points, it doubles in size. Am I able to yell anything out to to anybody? This is not your turn, so we'll say okay. no. At the moment right, you just got enough. attacked, does a 19 hit your armor class? Uh, yes it does. Ooh, yes it does. 
Oh, buddy. Ten points of damage. Ooh, and I as am bloodied. As the glob of flesh slams into you, you feel big chunks of it leak onto you and start to seep into your own flesh. As it does so, first of all, give me a fortitude save as your body starts to feel really weird with all this hungry flesh slime sliding onto it. Would my conditional modifier of uh, Foe of the Strange plus one trait bonus to saves of abilities of aberrations count? It would this? not in this instance. This is an Dang-nabbit. ooze. Ooze, all right. Do you have resistance as well? Yes, uh, so that would be 15 plus one for a total of 16. Excellent. We will see what we see. Oh, God. Also, the slime is sticky, and it attempts to grab onto you. Does, oh, okay, that's very low. Does a 13 beat your CMD, your combat maneuver defense? No, thank God. All right, you were almost grabbed and slurped into it, but you managed to fight it off. Grip, you're up. It's right adjacent to you. Within the fog, can I see it? You can see it, you're gonna have a 20% mischance as long as you're adjacent to it. If you move further than five feet away from it, it's a 50% mischance. And even though it's very foggy and I've seen it all, I'm aware of the thing that has attacked me. Yes. Okay, so face goes slack, grips eyes roll into the back of his head, cracks his neck, and he's focusing through the fog. He feels he can really see through this fog a little more acutely than he could Uh, before as he has now taken the blind fight feat. So re-roll any mischance. That's fantastic. Concealment. And then he will... Take a punch. He will take a punch. I'll roll concealment for you. All right, you're fine. Uh, For a 15... I'm going to use an action point. A shame point. I'm going to use a shame point. I'm... uh, I felt very confident in getting that feat, and then I realized uh, maybe I didn't see things as well as I thought I did, so I rolled a shame point for a total of 19. Hit. Fist slams into it. For seven points of bludgeoning damage. Ooh, nice. A nice resounding blow, and you can tell that this thing that happened with Gulliver's attack, where the weapon essentially got sucked into it, doesn't happen with you. Your fist just Boom, slams off the outside of it, and it wobbles and blurps and distorts. Definitely damaged it. Okay, okay. Bludgeoning good. All right, so that's the end of round one. We've got Grip and Gulliver in melee with this hungry flesh raised very close by, and Dora is across the room hiding in the corner. Dora, what do you do? Dora is overwhelmed by this. Could she see it? Nope. She, then she'll walk on like 10 feet on the diagonal, or I guess that's technically 15 feet. Can she see it there? You see just mist and a large looming shape. You cannot oh, make it out. shit. The fog is too thick. So you have to be right next to it to see it. Is that what you're saying? And Gulliver hasn't had a chance to share what he knows. Correct. I don't have that knowledge. Correct. To make the check myself. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going to um, now move a diagonal towards Robert. Great. Any help there? No, you're going to have to get in that fog if you want to. <laughs> I don't want to. And there is no room in the fog. Am I wrong about that? Oh, we'd have a little more fog. It's the top it's of the next round. There. So we've got well, five more feet of fog. So the fog just keeps really growing. Isn't. That's great. Are you trying to target it with a targeted spell? Is that what you're trying yes. to do? It's got full concealment. All right, then I will move towards me and get in the fucking fog. All right. So you're slipping up. You want to slip right next to... Gulliver there? Yeah. Okay. Wait, can it hit me there? Yes. No, then I don't want to go there. <laughs> but hey, <laughs> but you can see it. All are in my way. <laughs> but you can see I it. I want to go uh, one square towards me. I can't see it, yeah? You got to get five feet away from it, to be clear. Guys, I have a 12 armor class and 12 hit points. We don't want you to die. All right, so Dora moves in into the fog, but keeping Gulliver between uh, yeah. her and okay. the creature. Yeah. Is there an action that you want to take at the end of your move there? gonna draw no I can't do that because I don't know about the acid regeneration okay so I'm, I'm just sort of keeping an eye on anyone I can keep an eye on great yeah it's awesome Ray you're up I'm gonna move right directly next to Dora and touch Gull yeah. reach out and touch him in the do you mist mind? you saw me get walloped I'm gonna check concealment here you're fine and I'm gonna heal you 
Three points of damage. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. It's three more than he had before. Gulliver, you're up. Gulliver yells out, Don't stab it or slash it, and we have to use fire or acid to, to hurt it. it. Mind stuff won't work. And then I'm going to take a five-foot step away. <laughs> do I feel like I'm out of its reach right now? You do. I'm going to drink one of my extracts. I'm going to drink my my own Cure Light Wounds right now. Oh, do I want to? No, I'm going to do... I'm going to drink my shield extract. And in the yellow fog and stuff, you see it sort of glint off of him. Nice. It is the Hungry Flesh's turn as you stare deep into the face that it is grip. You can see it's bubbling and morphing and its wounds are closing up and it definitely just healed a whole chunk because it's got regeneration. It takes a punch at you. That's quite low. I assume an 11, Mrs. Yarmor class. It does. All right, it swarps out at you. Mrs. Grip, you're up. Did it recover all the damage that I did? Is there any way to tell? Probably not visually. It's just <laughs> a huge mound of flesh. Mm-hmm. The old mm-hmm. flesh mound. Yeah, with a regenerator like that, I can't tell if it's better to keep that blind fight or if it's better to get an additional plus one attack and damage if Mm. it's not retaining the damage. Well, the more damage you do, the more it has to regenerate, so the quicker you can get ahead of it. And right, so where I am, it's a a 20% miss chance, right? Correct. But on on the flip side of that, every time you miss it, you don't do any damage. Such a conundrum. I'm going to keep the the blind fight Great. and take a swing. You're going to take multiple attacks this round with your new... I would have to take a new... F- oh, no, that's the... Yeah, you just got two-weapon fighting with your fists now. <gasps> oh. Oh. But you have so to take that me, minus two on each one. But it's a minus two on each one, right? Mm-hmm. Correct. And I do get my full strength. Yeah, I may as well, right? Still have that plus one. So it's only a minus so one. So a net minus one... Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna make use of the brawler's flurry. Excellent. So that's a that's a plus five. For First attack. attack. I'll check concealment here. Twenty percent mischance. You're fine. Uh, that's a seventeen. Bang! Hit. For eight points of damage. Nice big massive blow. Second attack is a sixteen. I'm gonna check concealment. Okay, you're fine. Just to test the waters, I'm going to let that 16 stand. You hit. Nice. Yeah. Four, five plus three is eight, plus another one is nine. Oh, nice. Bam, bam. Big round. Bam. Yeah, Huge one. amount of damage. Great, so a lot of adjustment this round. Dora moved into the fog. Ray stepped up, healed Gulliver. Gulliver stepped back, cast shield on himself. Now we've got Grip standing toe-to-toe with this massive pile of proto-flesh that is screaming, what have I become? Round three begins with Dora. This is weak sauce, but it's all I got. Do it. Dora summons that image of the empty room and the house on the hill and a wind howling through it and she taps into her sorrow at all the memories that have been lost and creates a ghost sound somewhere beyond the door. Oh, sure. Like behind it. Yes. Saying, Sandalus, what have you done? And a whole chorus of voices like rising and swelling and maybe it'll get shamed and leave. (laughs) 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 Literally. So the rest of you are definitely spooked out as you see Dora just stare out into the mist. Then whatever I become, another one coming up from behind it in a chorus of voices. What have you become? What have you become? The hungry flesh does not even seem to respond to it (laughs) as though it may not have even heard it. Doesn't it have ears coming out of its fleshy nonsense? Are they functional? (laughs) They're vestigial ears. Did you want to move it all? Yeah, I mean, I might as well get the fuck out of the fog because okay. what am I doing just standing there waiting to get beaten to death? Ray, you're up next. Back me up, like, yeah. Okay, I'm going to take a five-foot step to Gull and heal him again. <laughs> <laughs> Are you down? He's bloody. Uh, I, I have not been hit yet. Oh, okay. Ah, Which, better. Why for, do you make me say things like that out loud? <laughs> for nine points. <laughs> and I am back to full. Excellent. Sweet. Like a fresh start. <laughs> Only with half our resources we started. <laughs> Gulliver, you're up. Gulliver's going to step back again. Actually, no. He's going to stay 
I can't, so the same sort of thing, I can't target it unless I'm in the mist with it. Let's say you wanted to throw the dagger or whatever at it. You know the square where it's in, so you'd have a 50% miss chance. All right, Gull stays where he is. He, as a move action, he reaches down to his belt and he grabs that mechanical torch and you see him fiddle with it and uh, raises it up and fires it at the proto-flesh creepy soy thing. The rear end of it explodes and there is an eruption of smoke out the front end as this huge <laughs> echoing explosion fills this chamber. And let's see how concealment treats you, my friend. Oh, please. Oh, you're fine. You're oh, fine. yay. All right, let's see. Total of 30, not 30, oh. 20. <laughs> <laughs> Gulliver, you just shot a hungry flesh with a gun. Nice. Wow. Oh my God. That's right. I'm not just an investigator. I'm a steel hound investigator. Oh my God. <laughs> and actually, hold on one second. Is that an archetype? For those of you listening at home, <laughs> young Jonathan has dived into his satchel. Oh, is it him finally? Wait, wait, I'm gonna put my thing oh, back on. Oh, I so love it. it. And actually, I wanted to unveil the very fancy Hero Forge miniature that I got uh, like a week <laughs> yes. and a half ago or so and have been holding out on everybody at the table because Gulliver's got a gun in his hand. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, give it away. So, so you want to tell us why this hasn't come out until this moment? Uh, sure. So the way the Steel Hound works is it's an archetype of the investigator. So archetypes work where you get certain things basically traded different class abilities get traded out. So I traded out, I think, like poison use and some stuff like that to get a uh, gun usage where I get amateur gunslinger and um, gunsmithing. And uh, later on, I get like a specific gunslinger deed. And, but none of it kicks in. None of it kicks in until second level when you are supposedly get your battered gun. I really like the idea of this guy being sort of like alchemical, mechanical, you know, like the thing I really like about the investigator, it's, it's a great mashup of the alchemist and the rogue, and it's really cool and exciting, and I had pitched a couple different archetypes to Rob, and uh, he was like, ooh, that sounds really fun, because that would be two things that we've never played with at our table. We've never played with extracts before, and we've never played with firearms. Like uh, the steampunkiest motherfucker we've exactly. had so far. So exactly. Cool. So, so one of the decisions that you have to make as a GM when you're dealing with uh, firearms in your campaign is what is the level of commonality of firearms in this world? Now, obviously, your characters are still rediscovering this world, but so you know as players, they are unknown. They do exist. There are a... I'm thinking of it as like Every generation, there may be somebody on one continent who discovers this technology and exploits it, but it is not a known thing. Gulliver will never be able to buy bullets. He will never be able to buy more guns. There are no resources for him out there. He has stumbled into something that nobody knows about, and uh, he's going to have to figure it out on his own. And nobody will, on the good side, nobody will know what it is. He can wave a gun around, and people won't have any idea of what it is he's <laughs> waving around. So this is not a society filled with gunslingers. There may just be a handful of them in the world. Do we need to make a sanity check? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I. I I think too, I think I want to stay away from the usage of the word gun. Mm -hmm. And instead I like the idea of calling it like this alchemical torch. Great. Great. Now do you, uh, and, and if, if this is something that will come out, tell me to fuck right off, but <laughs> do you, like do you, he, Rob says you, you can't make bullet or you can't buy bullets. Do you already know how to make new ammunition? Or I is that do, I do with the gunsmithing feat. Let me pull it up here so I can read it to you. Alchemical torch smithing feet. Uh, if you have a gunsmith's kit, you can create and restore firearms, craft bullets, and mix black powder for all types of firearms. Sweet. Amateur Sweet. gunslinger, you get one grit point at the start of every day. One what point? One grit point. Oh, I thought you so, said grip point. I got very <laughs> excited. So in addition to shame points, inspiration points, wow. I also get to deal with grit points. Wow at the start of every day and go up to your wisdom modifier total and I gained a first level deed and the one that I chose was quick clear which is remove broken condition from misfire with a standard action if you have one grit point or spend one grit point to clear as a move action. And how do you misfire? 
oh, you roll real bad. <laughs> if you roll real bad, you misfire. Wow. What's your range of misfire? Uh, misfire range or? on this is, I believe, right now just, I believe, on a natural one. That's correct. But then if I use different types of ammunition, it can increase it slightly. Okay. Right now I'm just using just a regular bullet. One of the feats that I took at first level, and this was a whole conversation that Rob and I had, <laughs> I took rapid reload because <laughs> otherwise it takes a standard action to reload oh. your firearm every single round. Wow, so, so you, you have to pick fire one every other specific round? firearm, and with this rapid reload feat, I'm able to reload this pistol. Oh my not God. Like, so if it was what a happened? Did you kill it? I have to know now. What happened? Well, yeah, I haven't even rolled damage yet, have I? Yeah. <laughs> I there's, a, roll there's a lot of trade-offs. He gets the, uh, the advantage of at close range like this, striking against touch armor class. Touch armor class, yeah. Amazing. Okay, so. and is there a um, fire element to this? There is not. Okay. It's it is not, it bludgeoning is not. Okay. and piercing damage. So that was a whole that was a whole question. Oh. Where I was like, well, we'll see if it if the piercing damage doesn't like if it's a payoff in terms of like, well, you're doing piercing damage, but you're also doing bludgeoning damage, or what? But what they happens? might so just cancel each other out with this. Might cancel out. Might be awful. I don't know, but knew I didn't want to try to stab it again. So this was this was my next choice. And plus, I really wanted to oh, just you know, wise. it's exciting. Use yeah, my, very, uh, very exciting. cool. My alchemical it. torch. All right, so it does 1d8 for a total of three points of bludgeoning slash piercing damage. Boom! And as the bullet passes into it, of course, moving faster than you can see, the thing slurps and ripples and bounces backwards, and then you see bubbles of flesh explode out as it regenerates and grows larger. God damn it. Gulliver looks crestfallen. (laughs) (laughs) Then it's the Hungry Flesh's turn, and it regenerates even more. Going toe-to-toe with our friend Grip. I'm gonna roll, I've been forgetting to roll. It's got concealment against you. Yes, it does. <laughs> doesn't matter, because it hasn't hit oh, you. Oh, hang on, it doesn't, no, because of its senses, it doesn't. Never mind. <laughs> it punches you. Son of a. Okay, that's a natural 20, so that's a hit. Oh, yes, see that does if hit. This is a Things that are immune to critical hits should be immune to making critical hits. <laughs> Seems only fair, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, it's not a confirmed critical, so it's just a regular hit. And that is nine points of damage. Give me a fortitude save, my friend, as slurping, sloshing, goo, and grit is slurping into your bloodstream. Eleven. Good to know. Good to know. And uh, it tries to hold on to you. It tries to grab you. Let's make a check against your CMD, your combat maneuver defense. Sixteen. That is what it is. All right. You... So you said it was nine damage? Correct. Are you bloodied? No, not yet. Next time. You take eight more points of damage. Now I am blood. Oh no. And you are now grappled by the creature. Give him a grappled condition card. Can't move, minus two penalty to I armor class, CMD, attack rolls, combat maneuver checks, reflex saves, dexterity based skill and ability checks. He is held in place by the hungry flesh. All right, Grip, it's your turn. This is the story of my life. So um, I need to try to break the grapple. Can you just attack it while grab? You can just continue to attack it if you want to. It just did a minus two. You know that it is currently holding you and constricting you. It's going to continue to do a lot of damage every turn if you don't break out. But you could also just try to keep the pressure on and... No, I mean, it, it, could, it could conceivably kill me with one more attack. So I got to try to break out. Uh, so that is a, what, a uh, combat maneuver... Yes. Did you want to? Yep. Did you want to change any of your feats from your ability? No, because I don't think there's. Let me see if I've got anything that will. Can you take improved grapple? Ooh. I cannot take improved grapple because that requires a dexterity of 13. Oh. It's one of the myriad of feats I cannot take because I do not have a dexterity. That's so fourth level. So, yes, that's clearly going to be the stat I boost yeah. when that. So I got, but I gotta try to break out uh, with with what I don't think there's a feat that's gonna help me. So the grapple condition does not yeah. give you a penalty on grapple checks made to escape a grapple, so you you won't be. If if I took the feat that allowed me to take a plus one attacks against things that have attacked me, would that apply to trying to break the grapple? Yes. 
then and, yes. And surely he doesn't need blind fight when it's holding no, on to No, so him, I can right? I can it's easily get, I can get rid of yeah. that if I want to take the the move action. So yeah. which I will. Great. While I'm held by this fleshy mouth, I you see his face go slack, eyes roll, and he starts to see ways he can break out. He cracks his neck <laughs> and will try to break out of this grapple using the the now I've forgotten the name of the feat I just took. <laughs> Grudge fighter. Thank you very much. Um, so I'm rolling just an attack roll. You're going to roll a CMB check. Okay. The so minus for the grapple, right? Or no, not for the grapple. You so do get I the plus get one from magic weapon as well. Oh, Ooh. I do. All right. Anything that adds to your attack bonus also adds to your combat maneuver bonus. That's a 13. Are you feeling shameful or not? I am feeling very shameful. I can't believe this guy grabbed me. So an 18. You manage to wrestle your way free of the hungry flesh. You could take a five foot step if you wish. Um, I will take a, I don't know if it'll matter, but I will take a five foot step. You back up away from it. Oh. Hey, hey here's a picture of the hungry flesh. Oh God. Oh. Oh. oh it, it looks like something that my dog did in the backyard and then there's eyes in it. That's um, so John Carpenter. Okay, that's the end of round three. We discovered uh, that there are firearms in this campaign and Grip managed to escape being grappled by the hungry flesh. Round four, Dora. Oh, the look on your face. <laughs> oh, it's really hard to do anything to this, isn't it? Dora draws an acid flask. Yes! And moves into the fog, though not next to it. You have a base attack bonus now, so you can yeah. try that on the move if you wish. Oh, really? So moving 10 feet away in the fog, you want to hurl it at it? Yeah. All right, I'm going to check and I mean, seal it. It's, it's for the first time ever. It's not engaged in melee. So. I'll check so. concealment here. Wow, you guys are doing great. Okay. I don't know how this works. It's you just make a weapon. ranged attack roll. So that's just your BAB plus your dexterity bonus. So plus three. Thirteen. I will use a shame point since I'm so useless right now. You're not. Fifteen total. That is a hit. So a direct hit with an acid flask deals 1d6 points of acid damage. It also splashes out, dealing one point of acid damage to anyone that would have been within five feet of it. (laughs) Fortunately, there's no one there at this time. Five. Nice. Massive amount of acid damage, and you see chunks of it start to dissolve, and you see this constantly bubbling effect that's been going on slow down and stop as it appears as though it is not currently regenerating. Kill it. Kill it now. Ray, you're up. I'm going to take a five foot step towards Grip and try to heal him. Sweet. I'm going to check concealment here. You're fine. Excellent. Max healing for 10 points. Oh, that's lovely. Well done. That's great. Thank you, Dice. Gulliver, you're up. Oh, man. Okay, so Gulliver realizes that this is very bad and that he has to draw some attention away from Grip because Grip is the only one that has a chance to hurt him and he literally, like every fiber of his being is saying, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. (laughs) And he takes a five-foot step into the mist next to the thing and goes into total defense. So that'll give you a plus four dodge bonus to your AC for one round. So that is what I do. Boosting my AC from 19 with my shield spell to a 23. I am basically making myself a target, hoping to not get killed. Not listening to that voice to hide yourself in your yep. head. <laughs> yep, that's a dumb, <laughs> dumb thing to do. It's the hungry flesh's turn, and... Feels like it's always Gulliver is, its turn. Gulliver is literally like going, Hey, hey, over here! <laughs> like, literally, like, waving at his arms in like a muppet I'm walking fashion. here! The hungry flesh does not regenerate. It is indeed drawn by the movement and the very Audacity. audacious <laughs> move. So this is a hitting armor class 20. Oh, that oh, misses. No, misses. It yeah. was a 23. Oh, My AC was 19. Perfect. Plus four dodge, 23, so. All right, so the big glob of flesh lashes out and Gulliver, it, what probably pings off of your sh- your magical shield. I think that it, I think that it's because yeah, I'm literally dancing around. Defense. It's the total defense. Excellent. If it was the shield, it would have got me. Grip, you're up. Are you still bloodied? No, no, actually. Get that not. token out. Um, okay. Am I uh, threatened right now? No, 10 feet away from it. Can I do all these things in the same round? 
lay them out for me. I love it when it starts like that. No, I can't, because I would have to take one of the things out, so that would take one of the potions. I have this potion I could drink for a few more hit points, but it seems like it's currently not regenerating right now, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. So we should make hay while the sun shines. So I will take a five-foot step back in. Right. Closing and I it. will do the double. And you're all you're all plus twoed up. I'm, I'm stuff, plus twoed up. I, I no longer have the blind fight, but I am I am plus twoed up, so that washes out with my minus. Great. I'm going to check concealment for you in your first attack here. Oh, you're fine. So I am at a net. <laughs> when does this ever happen? <laughs> never. Never. Ugh. First attack misses. Uh, Are you sure? Why don't you tell me? The I total? rolled. I rolled a nine. Do you feel shameful Tell me the total. about that? No, the, I, uh, nine is the total. You hit. This is a giant, slow-moving blob of flesh, and as you land a blow that you are certain as your fist is flying was going to miss, you're like, oh, wait, maybe this thing is a lot Ooh, easier to hit than I've been giving it credit for. Well, all right, then. So that one does, um, uh, for nine points of budgeting oh. damage. Nice. Wow. Bam! Second, Second attack. Test. Let me check concealment here. You're fine. I keep I, rolling nine. I rolled an eleven on the die this time, so you hit. I assume I hit. <laughs> oh man! For uh, what did I say? That's another nine. Fantastic. Well, it is definitely bloodied. <gasps> All right. And Slap a red disc on that big bloodied proto flesh thing. End of round four. Dora splashed it with acid, turning off its regeneration. Ray continued to heal grip. We had Gulliver moving in to provide a target, which the hungry flesh took and missed. And now Grip has bam, bam, punched it twice with two massive blows. Dora, you're up. Do we know if the acid suppresses the regeneration or halts it? For one round. Yeah. I have another acid flask. (laughs) But you'll all get hit should I hit it, which now I'm taking a minus four. It is only one point of splash damage. Okay. Yeah. That's I'm worth it. Do it. Draw the flask. Throw it. Yeah. All right. So take a minus four penalty on your ranged attack there. So I'm a cumulative minus one. I'll check concealment here since it is 50% mischance. <laughs> You're fine. I don't even know why I'm buying roll. Uh, Ten. Hit. I know that now. Yeah. For five acid. Oh, nice. nice. And one point of acid damage to both grip and Gulliver as the acid splashes out. That's all I have. All right, Ray, you're up. I'm going to step forward up to Grip. Yes. And touch him again. Swift cure light wounds. No. You're fine from concern. Okay. I, I can't believe this fog is in here as an obstacle to make the combat harder and it's done effectively nothing. I'm, I'm basically gonna say, you got this. It's it's a guidance, you know, plus one to anything. Great spell. Excellent. Plus one on any. Any uh, single attack roll, saving throw, or skill check, but you can only use it once. Gulliver. And what's the duration? For one, for one roll only, and then it's For gone. one roll only, and you gotcha. have it until uh, one minute or until discharge. Okay. Gulliver saw his friend hit this thing and that it, it appears to actually be wobbly and stuff. Can he try to pistol whip this thing and just use his alchemical torch as a as improvised, a weapon. improvised weapon to try to hit it? He can at a minus four penalty in the attack I will, roll. I will take Why that. Not? Yeah. I will take that because it at least is something. Uh, do you need to roll concealment for me to keep this honest? Victory! <laughs> Thank you for checking the one time I managed to roll. All right, so you miss. Good, you used up that one bit so that when Grip hits him, I got a question now. If, if with the acid, it's not regenerating, could you have stabbed it? I don't know. I don't think so. I mean, I don't. From the knowledge that Gull had, any time it takes that kind of damage, piercing or slashing damage, it just heals up a bunch and gains growth points. So even in this instance where its normal regeneration is suppressed, okay, is whole other set of things happening. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Cool. All right. Uh, and then as a move action, I'm going to take a five-foot step back. Excellent. So the Hungry Flesh does not regenerate. And in combat there with Grip. Yeah, yeah okay. That's like an eight. So yeah, it misses. Gonna, eight's going to miss. Eight's going to miss. And then you're up, Grip. Kill it. 
Yeah, full attack. Killing I'm doing the, the, the flurry again. First attack. Misses due to concealment. Second attack. Okay, that can hit. <laughs> so, now. Yes. Do I blow the guidance on that first miss for concealment? Well, you didn't you say did. anything. Oh, no. the, way, the way we have decided to roll this with concealment coming first, then, I'm, then you can decide not to blow that on that if you want. Okay. Well, then I will use the guidance on the second. Just merely as a... Due to the way we roll it. Yeah. So then anything but a natural one. That's right. Don't say that out loud. Ha! <laughs> I rolled a two. <laughs> so I, uh, I managed to hit on a, some weak fucking ass rolling. I still managed to hit this thing for nine points of damage. And it loses substance and consistency and just splorches out into a puddle of face-shaped flesh on the ground. Oh we beat it. God. It's that dead. That was so... That's it dying? That's it dying. Close the door. <laughs> shut the front door. I do shut the front door. Grip, Grip shuts the door. <laughs> and as you all sort of catch your breath and deal with what was actually a very difficult combat for this particular party makeup, you see the yellow mist in the room continuing to sort of like probe out, but as there's no longer a backlog of it filing in behind it, it does slowly start to dissipate, and you can see you've managed to stop the encroachment of Yellow Mist into this room, at least for the moment. So there are a bunch of doors in this room. There was a staircase across the way from where you're standing that looks like it went up to the second floor. It's completely collapsed, and there's a pile of rubble up on the second floor. It looks impassable. Directly across from you, there's a set of double doors going north to where uh, the little map you have indicates is probably the library. There's two doors on the north wall that looks as though they go to what Nasa called the office areas. There's a set of double doors to the south that looks like they go to, what did she call that room? Visitor's room. Visitor's room? Visitor's room. And then, as you sort of poke around, there is one door going, this is on the north wall behind the offices, one door going west, one door going east. You'd imagine the door going west would line up with what she indicated would lead to the courtyard. Hmm. The whole eastern half of the room is a massive collapsed wall of rubble. She seemed to indicate on her map that that opened into what, admitting there? Mm-hmm. It looks like that is not an accessible so is a, way at the moment. Can we make a line on our map that says we can't go that way? Put a rubble mark there. Rubble, rubble, rubble. All right, what do you do? I so am curious about the library. <laughs> Maybe now is not the time. I am too, but I have very little to offer the party at this point. Oh boy. Should we run into another thing? Oh, there's no things in any room. <laughs> I, I guarantee right. there are no things. Right, I think we it's go appropriate to mention at this time that there is a sign hanging on Rob's GM screen that says, always do the opposite of what Rob says. <laughs> Sometimes we have to refer to it. <laughs> it's true. It's very, very true. So um, that means you go single file separately into different rooms, right? Yes. Split yes. the party up and yet somehow stay in a clump. <laughs> um, let me ask the group if we're continuing. Uh, I'm at 16 out of 24 hit points. I have a potion of cure light wounds that I could drink if we think that is a good time to use it. If we want to keep looking at stuff and not burn spells for healing. And it sounds like Ray is getting low. Gulliver is going to reload his alchemical torch mm-hmm. now so that it is loaded. Ready to go. Ready to go. And he uh, suggests uh, maybe we should at least, like, you know, check the room. Yeah, we should check some of these doors. Is there anything in this room of hold off value or interest or anything? I'm going to poke around and explore? Yes. All right, give me a All perception together. check. Sticking together. Give me a perception check. Natural seven for a total of 14. I got an 18. Or 15, if I'm looking. I also got an 18. For traps. I got a 16 because I am sickened. I'm not convinced we're in the room. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I'm going, to, uh, I'm going to spend a point of inspiration. You have spent a lot of those today. How many do you get? I've spent no points of inspiration. You were rolling extra D6s on all those knowledge checks. Right yes, there. I get that for free. For a total of, what did I say, 15? So this is a 18. Poking around this largely damaged, collapsed, and empty room, you don't find anything of note in terms of stuff. But as you're passing by 
the double doors that lead north to the library, you do hear the faint sound of a couple of voices sort of like gabbering to each other. And as Dora catches wind of this, she can put her ear to the door and she hears voices talking in Aklo. The Zoog's language. And they're saying things like, oh, That one's for me. No, no. You keep that one. I'm going to use that one. Dora's just... Oh, I'm going to sit on it. I'm going to sit on it. Just, just <laughs> translating it as she hears it. No, Can no, I eat that one? that one? There's nothing interesting in it. But I want to eat it. You don't. Then you hear a thump. Eat it. Now I don't want to eat it. Do they sound like the Zoog from before? They don't. Okay. The language. Just the language. Is the, the language same is making my voice do the same voice, but yeah. they don't sound like the same <laughs> yeah, creature. I mean, the Zoog sounded much more sort of noble a creature than what <laughs> sure. just. Sure. <laughs> so you're aware of the presence of at least three different voices coming from the library. Otherwise, all the rest of the doors are closed, and there's no sound coming from them. Well, I say we like check out the visitors' room and. Can I do some uh, detect magic around as well? Sure, yes. So you open yourself to magical auras in the entrance hall here, and you don't discover uh, any lingering magical auras. Can you just do that, or do you you burn a spell? That's a cantrip. So I'll also do the psychic significance. Mm. Yeah, there's really nothing left in this public space, so nothing is registering. Yeah. Shall we try the visitor's room on the um, Mm. east I can check the door for traps and stuff before going through. Great. Give me a perception check. Uh, Natural 12 for a total of 20. It is uh, unlocked and seems to be untrapped as far as you can tell. Can I listen at the door? You you don't hear anything behind it. We can assume that previous perception check has taken you around the room. Got it. Should I open it quietly? No, you should open it loudly. Okay. Yes, you should uh, open since, it quietly. Since, uh, the door open. <laughs> since some minutes have passed, I'm just going to yeah. give you a yeah. resistance. Yeah, I, I'll give grip Resist- one and myself as well. All right, so you open the door, Gulliver, and you see a sort of rectangular-shaped room, about 50 feet long, maybe 20, 25 feet wide. It looks as though it has been plucked from the halls of a warm country estate. The room is filled with inviting furniture. There's a hearth ready for a fire. Artwork populated by, I kid you not, picnicking families. And there is a mansion-shaped cage with colorful taxidermic birds inside hung from the ceiling. Windows might have once looked out over, say, colorful flower beds and a green lawn, but they now show only, of course, roiling yellow mist. There's a battered corpse impaled on the antlers of a stuffed elk head hung above the hearth. Oh, crap. And a crushed and battered corpse on the floor right in front of a table across the way. Both corpses are human men. Both corpses are wearing yellow stained sheets. And that's about it. Mm-hmm. So it's seem familiar? Neither of them look like I'm sorry, the yellow stained sheets, do they seem familiar from what we were wearing in the shared nightmare? No, they look like what your buddy in the laundry room was wearing. Oh, okay, yeah. They look like they're part of the Order of the Yellow Kings. Mm -hmm. All right, that's what you see. Two corpses, one impaled on a set of antlers on a head above the fireplace, and there is one door out of this room, and that leads to the east. Um, girl will cast Detect Psychic Significance. Both corpses are wearing necklaces, leather thongs with wooden beads on them. The one around the neck of the corpse impaled on the elk horns is registering as psychically significant. Necklace that that one is wearing, there's something... The one, Something important. The about one impaled it. on the elk horn? Yes. That one? Yes. Okay. I don't know if we need it, but it has some significance. How how high up is this? About ten feet. This room is nearly a two-story room in and of itself. How, how do you think he got up there? 
There is no furniture nearby from which he could have fallen onto the elk horns. If Gull were to be on my shoulders, would he be able to reach that necklace? Yeah, I'd buy that, for sure. I'm almost seven feet tall. Yeah. Do you want the necklace? I could, we could get it for you if you think we need it. Be careful. You want to get up there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sure. All right. All right, so you move into the room, our, our Very Dora slowly and, and stealthily. I will move just into the room. Put, put me in the middle of the room, and I'm going to just be detecting magic, too. As they're moving into position, Ray, when you open yourself to magical auras, you do detect quite a few in this room. Both necklaces that the corpses are wearing are radiating faint transmutation auras, and you can see that there are auras of conjuration magic spilling out of little pouches that each of them are carrying. As you're moving in closer, Ray, you're about 10 feet away from the body on the floor, you can see that there is a very well-crafted silver dagger lying next to the body on the floor. And concurrently, as Grip and Gulliver are moving into position underneath the body that had been impaled on the horns, there is a dagger on the floor. Again, looks to be finely made masterwork silver dagger. Two of them total? Two of them total. Does seeing that dagger do anything to... I don't like it. I don't like those fucking things. Does a dagger... I would like it. Does a dagger count as a simple weapon? It does. Okay. I would like one as well. Well, someone take them, but just fucking put them away, right? You're going to pick one up? I am going to pick up the one. Give me a perception check, everybody. Oh, jeez. 27. I perceive that I am in the room. 19. 7. Dora, you got 27? Yeah. All right, as Ray is reaching down to pick up the silver dagger near the body on the floor, you hear the distant chirping of birds. Your head immediately darts up to the bird cage hanging from the ceiling in the center of the room. You see the taxidermied birds come to life, their heads cocked to the side, their little beaks open, and you hear a little chirping of birds, and then you see a gust of wind rush at the bottom of Ray's body, and that's the end of chapter 11. Dark Nexus is a creation of Plug and Hum Productions. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Inc. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com slash community use. And for more information about Paizo and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. That's P-A-I-Z-O dot com. Dark Nexus uses music and soundscapes by Sirenscape. Check them out at sirenscape.com. That's S-Y-R-I-N-S-C-A-P-E dot com. Opening and closing themes along with additional music composed by Rob Kozlarek. Artwork for Dark Nexus is by Matt Walquist. Special thanks to Toy, without whose generosity this project would not have been possible. And thanks to DMCP, Richard and Ari, Paul and Shannon, Chris, Scotty, Jason, Jess, Joe, Chelsea, Matt, Dave, Darren, and everyone we've gamed with over the years for all the memories and inspiration. Fantastic. Did we level? (laughs) Ha 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 ha!